Design it, craft it, smith it, stitch it, tool it, and pick it. We do it all. This is Bespokelahoma. Musical intro by Allie Harder and Pigs Fly Shop out of Oklahoma City. Welcome to this evening's episode of Bespoke Oklahoma. If you are listening with us this evening, uh, broadcasting as always out of the Traditions Leathercraft Studio, 7500 West Reno, Suite 200 in Oklahoma City. Casey has got some deals for y'all this week. Uh, odd lot pieces are marked down 10 to $20 per side. And he says he has three more pallets coming in this week. So all the odd lot you could possibly get your hands on. Uh, also, chrome tan cowhide. Sides starting from $29 to $89, depending upon what it is. Tons of purses, shaps, and more just waiting to get made. Uh, Dustin, do you know if we've got any classes uh, this week? Um, I, I think he has one Saturday, but I don't remember which it is. I'm not there tonight, so, uh, I, I wasn't able to look. <laughs> and Melissa just dropped off. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Casey's, I believe he has a class this Saturday. Not sure exactly when it when or what it is uh, if you just look up traditions leathercraft llc on facebook you'll be able to see his full line of classes um it looks like we will be having a technical difficulty night with melissa's phone <laughs> so uh i'll just jump right in tonight we have a mad amanda jordan of rocket a custom leather and tack LLC, llc how are you doing tonight amanda and Good. we're going to play it off like Melissa's still here. She'll jump back in in a minute, hopefully. Okay. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. It's a cold day in Oklahoma. Oh, that's for sure. And just so you know, no pressure. You're the very first customer of 2022. So, like, oh, no great. pressure, but you, we need to put that bar high. <laughs> the, first, the first interviewee of 2022. <laughs> and Melissa's back. And I am back. See, I told. What did I tell you about the minute you pay it off, the phone just decides that you're done. You're done. Mm -hmm. So apparently, I cannot do anything on my phone whatsoever during this one. I tried to okay. look up the class schedule on the Traditions Leathercraft LLC Facebook page, <laughs> and it kicked me out of the room again. So, well, good to I, know. I I told everybody that if they wanted to know the classes to go to Traditions Leathercraft LLC Facebook and the list of classes will be there. Perfect. And, and I introduced Amanda. Wonderful. Amanda, thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say yet where you're from? I, I think I may have missed that. Norman. Norman. Okay. Yep. Yeah, she's actually just down the street from me. Oh, nice. Yep. 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 So, Amanda, how long have you been doing leather? Um, like as a business for, this is my 10th year. And I think I did it for a year or two before 
that. I can't remember the exact timeline. What got you into leather? Um, a friend of mine made a noseband for me, like for the horses. I don't know if everybody knows like the terms or whatever, but he made one and then I was like, well, I need one for my other horse. So he showed me how to make one and I did that. I put it on my Facebook, like to my friends and then everybody else was like, oh, make me one. And this was back when there wasn't like a lot of custom tack makers. That was just the beginning of it. So a friend of mine had me make a Facebook business page and I didn't even know what it was. Okay, well, I guess I'll just go on there, put my pictures on there. And it kind of just went from Snowballed. there. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't on purpose or anything like that. It just kind of happened. So do you do leather work full time now or is it still just uh, something you yeah. squeeze in? Yep. Full time. Full time. Very nice. And it's been full time for about five or six years now. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I love I, it. I didn't, I didn't know how long you had been doing it. Yep. That's yep. cool. And what's, what's the, I know you make tack, but what, what's the most, what, what's the one thing that you make the most? Oh, God, that's a good question. <laughs> I could tell you what I like to make the most, but every, I have so many things. It's kind of um, mostly tack, you know, the tack sets or nose bands or those are probably the most popular items, I would say. Mm. What do you like to make the most? That's always what I enjoy. Because as a leather crafter, I know, and we've talked about it a number of times on this show, there are some of those things that when you have to make it, you just are like, oh, no. And then there's others that you can make all day long. So what, is, what do you like to make? I like to make the tax sets. And that's funny you bring that up because I was doing all kinds of accessory orders and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm only one person. And I have, like, all these orders coming in. Like, one day I'll get a binder. One day I'll get a dog collar. Some other day I get something else. And I'm like, I want to do more of what I like to do. So, like, the beginning of this year, I just went back to only doing custom orders for TAC. So we're going to kind of see how that goes. And hopefully I'll be able to make more of the stuff I like making that way. I think that's the only way to do it. You know, that's something that I've kind of been going through because I'm just just getting started. I've done leather work for a long time, and I'm just getting serious about trying to make money with it. And mm -hmm. it's so tempting to take all those little oddball orders, but I'm yes. finding finding myself a little <laughs> swamped in the minutia of pattern making and, and all yes. the specifics and everything. So it's definitely definitely, I think, wise to switch to like a set list of things that you do find your yeah. niche I guess I, I learned early that the stuff someone will ask you to make that seems like it should be easy ends <laughs> up taking me way longer that was like oh yeah so strap with this little thing on it or something that's no problem and it takes me all day to do it and I'm just like oh man <laughs> this was a bad idea this was a bad idea <laughs> yeah but now when they want something that's tech related, I'm like, okay. And then you get going into that. And since I like doing that stuff, it's a lot easier to go just make that stuff now. So how did you get into the breast collars and the, the halters and things? Did that just kind of come off of the nose bands? 
Yeah, yeah, because they're all, well, kind of like all things leather. You start with your pattern, you cut it out, you glue it together, then you sew it, and you finish all your edges and stuff. It's kind of all the same thing, just in different shapes is how I explain it. You bet. So basically, how some of us started with, we just needed a wallet and didn't want to pay a bunch of money for it. So we made our own. You just needed horse stuff, and you just made it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of. That's kind of how it went. And you're a barrel racer. Also. Yes, yes. Now, are you in? Are Are you just going to uh, random races, or is there an actual? Uh, ah, what's it? I don't want to say league. Uh, <laughs> organization. Whatever. Organization. There you go. Whatever yeah. the equivalent of a league is. There you go. <laughs> so we actually just moved to Iowa in April of last year. When I was in Iowa, I had like, I liked to do the IRC rodeos. And then I had mm. like other things I like to do. And since I've been down here, I kind of have just been going to these, going to those and like scoping what everything's like and I've found some that I'm like all right I'm not going back there or like (laughs) like these and I don't like those and I didn't get to look into much of the rodeo stuff so I think this year too I'll probably do a lot of scoping those out and decide which organization I actually want to run in but it was kind of fun not having like the pressure of get into an organization and then they're they're like if you go to Basically, if you want to be in anything at the end, as far as standings, you can't miss very many. So there was no pressure of, like, I have to go to a barrel race this weekend, next weekend, next weekend. Like, if it's super hot, I just got to stay home. So that was kind of nice. (laughs) (laughs) So do you take any of your wares? Do you do any, um, do you do any sales at rodeos or have you? Um, I did a long time ago, but I think that it's kind of one of those things where people are there already spending their money and they didn't seem to, yeah, they didn't seem to have extra money for, you know, a lot of other things, but, uh, it's been a while since I've set up at a rodeo. I just, they, it didn't really seem like people were buying a lot there so I kind of got away from it and it gets to be too much when it's just me and then I'm trying to run a booth and then I have two horses to run and I'm like never at the booth so then you have to find somebody to do it or have my husband do it and he's like I don't really like doing this (laughs) (laughs) like I don't want to go if I got to run the booth all weekend and it's just a lot of extra work I I try to do a booth at a rodeo one time around when I first got started and it it did seem like nobody everybody was wanted to come by and look at your stuff look at my stuff yeah yep but they were you know they weren't there to buy they were there to right. you know watch the rodeo um <clears throat> we did it was go, just a little small town so we did go to Midwest Horse Fair one year I don't know if you guys have heard of that it's in Wisconsin Mm-mm. it's like a pretty big deal but basically it's kind of like but on a smaller scale where you have a bunch of horse people or whatever and set up booths and kind of do that and that was good we did that the year before COVID hit and then we were signed up to go when COVID hit and then they canceled it 
And then I ended up actually doing a Facebook live sale to sell all the stuff that I made for oh. Midwest Horse Fair. Because oh. I was like, I have all this stuff and what am I going to do with it? Like, I have very good luck selling stuff that's already made. Like, I want the custom stuff when they order because they want their colors and mm-hmm. either their name on it or whatever. And I'm like, I got all this stuff and I don't know how I'm going to sell it. And I was freaking out going, what's going to happen? Because COVID was scary back then, you know? Yeah. So um, we did a Facebook Live and I don't know what the deal is with Facebook Lives, but people love like getting on there and kind of interacting with you. And I do really good on there. So I'm like, well, why do I need to haul somewhere and do all this extra work when I can just do this in my house? Yeah. So do you so, still do some of the Facebook live sales then? Oh yeah, I just got done with one on Sunday. Nice. Yep. And so is it a an auction type setting? How do you run that? Um, I don't do an auction. I just have basically my normal pricing and I get on there and like I I do an event page like a couple weeks before people will see what I'm gonna have and they know what they want and everything else and I try to have quite a bit of stuff so that, like, there's colors of everything. So maybe there's something that they're basically there's something for anybody who comes if they want it bad enough. And I just get on there, hold it up, and um, they they'll say what they want, and at the end you invoice them and ship everything out the next. Well, that is a super <laughs> sweet way to do sales because you're not. You know, I can imagine if you're making a lot of sales on, like, an Etsy, you've kind of got this slow trickle of sales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas with yours, man, get it knocked out and, and go on, you know, and, yeah. and restock. That's that's fantastic. Yep. It's fun. Yeah, I, and people I, like I, it. I saw her her live sale the other night when she had it. And <laughs> <laughs> I just saw, like, I was watching all the comments just sliding through with all these numbers i was like i don't know what any of this means (laughs) (laughs) oh that's my own nonsense that i have going on so since it (laughs) it it actually gets kind of crazy if you get like i have these chapstick holders that i'll make and they're like a 15 dollar item so at christmas time it's a big deal they they're really nice you can like chapstick in them and hook them on your purse or your keys and I go, ever since I gave my husband one, then I don't find them in the washer anymore, you know? Oh, how nice. (laughs) And they're like, well, I need one for my friend. It's only $15. And I I can make 60 of them. And they're like, I want this one. I'll have like 10 people in the same one. And it it gets crazy. It's it's weird. (laughs) And it's kind of like gosh when you go through those. And so I started having people sign up for a number. So... they have to go through me to get a number to be able to buy that way I don't have to look back through the comments when it's done I'll write their number on the chapstick holder and then at the end I put all their numbers together and then I send them an an email invoice because from their number I know their email and then what state they are if they need tax or that basically a big organized mess that I've created that seems to work out pretty well Heck yeah, I know that's slick, like yeah. a like a bidding number, just at like an auction yeah. house. Yep, that's but, fantastic. Yeah, but then there's just no, it's just it is what it is, and if they want it, they take it, and if they don't, they wait for the next thing. 
sweet very nice yeah. yeah see and that's that's something that we've talked about with a lot of folks on this show is how to sell your product and i tell you what that sounds like a fantastic system <laughs> yeah yeah i've i've tweaked it i've been doing it like i said since covid first started and i will change something or how i do it every single sale to make it better so how many we've actually done probably 20 or 30 of them but every time I'm like I'm going to change this and make this better and I'm going to change that and make that better like anything to make it go more smoothly Mm. and that kind of thing before now what I do now is I assign each item I have like a letter and a number or something so I hold it up and I call it the item code because before if I was doing previews, say, for tax sets or whatever, I'd say, okay, the purple gator one or the red floral one. Well, people knew which one they wanted, so they'd call it out before anybody else had a fair chance to get it. Oh, so no. <laughs> now I make codes for it so that everybody can be fair because then I, I just change something every single time and makes it different and better for them and easier for me and I'm very organized, so it works out really good. That's really awesome. I love it. It's fun. So do you do custom stuff still as well? Yeah, I do the custom, like, tack sets, nose bands, wither straps, anything in the tack area, basically. But I took away, like, say, custom purses, custom dog collars, and okay. all the little accessory items. Like, I didn't do away with them, but now the only way to get them is if you come to the live sale. No custom chapstick holders. No, no, not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I go, maybe someday, like, if I'm slow with my other orders, I might go, okay, you guys can decide on this month or something. But I have also a VIP group where those people in my group get, like, all the good information before anybody on my Facebook does. So if you're in there, you'll get to know basically if I'm going to open up custom dog orders, say, I'll tell them first so they know. And depending on how that goes, if that goes really well, I don't even put it on my page, but if it don't go on my page too, like my regular page. So it's just kind of, they get a heads up on everything in there. Is that like a Patreon paid subscription type thing that you do with them? No, just a, like a regular Facebook group. And I just okay. named it Rockin' A VIP. And they can be in there if they want to. And if they don't want to, they don't have to be. <laughs> oh, very cool. Okay. But like, I don't know if you realize when you're scrolling through your Facebook or whatever, you see your group stuff a lot more than you'll see somebody's business page post. So yeah. it's just a better way for the people that are more like they keep track of what you're doing, then they don't miss as many things. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still getting into all the social media stuff. <laughs> That's the fun part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a my husband's in marketing and so I'm just trying to convince oh, him to do yeah. all of my to do all of my social media for me. But it's not working very well yet, Amanda. I, don't, I can't imagine why. <laughs> well, everybody thinks that, like, posting on Facebook is, like, the fun part. All you do is get on there and post a picture, right? <laughs> so much a more. A lot more than that. I'm actually working with a marketing guy right now to do 
like a really big giveaway. We're supposed to launch it on Friday. And then we have like a final check-in tomorrow to make sure that everything's in line for this to work well. It's a lot of work. I did not realize from the way he explained it, like how much has gone into this, like just making the post, how you put your text on there. We've got like this email sequence and stuff. Once they enter the giveaway, then they get this email. Then it waits like two days and it sends them this and then all these things. And I'm just like, how do you know all this? That is like crazy. (laughs) And he's got these email templates and then you have to like write your own things in there about your stuff. And I spent hours on like (laughs) one email to make it like perfect. So I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. Because basically my goal was to get um, Facebook and Instagram followers because I've kind of been stuck where I'm at for a long time I don't know I when I first got my Facebook page it was easy to get likes you would get on there and I'd post a picture and I'd get like 30 comments on one picture and now 10 years later you post a picture and you're lucky if you get one comment so yep. <laughs> I feel like it's gotten it's really saturated yes yes yeah and it's a lot different now and it's a lot harder to get get started so I was lucky that I did start when I did you bet hey I tell you what I love the branded piece I, I I wouldn't have any idea of terminology but you have a branded piece of metal in the middle of your breast collars oh the center plates with the my name center on plate yes how yeah. did you manage to get that you know, how'd you, how'd you come up with the custom branding and everything on that? That is a sweet detail. Um, I mean, custom hardware is just so slick in general. That is something that I cannot tell everybody because that's fine. every single tack maker will be doing the same thing as me. And if you notice, I'm the only one that has those. So Well, that's what I noticed. <laughs> I had never seen them before, but a super, super sweet yeah. detail. Just because, you know, I, I follow um, quarter leather a lot of the work that he does and he has a lot of branded hardware and it just makes for such a slick detail it does it does and some of the ones i do now are just regular um jeremiah watt brand ones they're you bet yeah i will engrave on those but my other stuff my old ones i guess is what i had in mind when you said that yeah forgot i switched over to the new ones but either way so you do your own engraving on. as well? Yeah, I have a laser engraver too. Oh, a laser do a engraver. Lot of that. Okay. Yep. Yeah, they're fun. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've oh. entertained the idea. Of course, you know, there's about a million fancy schmancy machines that I could yes. put on my wish list at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can still name a few that I probably would yeah. if, I, if I just wanted to go buy some machines, you know. That wouldn't yeah. be a problem. Like a three-foot sewing machine? <laughs> yeah, that one we seen the other day. Crazy. Did you that see would that, make, that would make sewing saddle like way easy. Yeah, even my, it would too. Even my big class four, I can't get the pad to go like when you would turn it. Mm. You'd have to roll it all up to get it through the arm, you know? And it was just, I couldn't make it look good because of trying to reach the pedal for 
when you have the saddle pad like two foot out in front of you. I'm like, be two foot longer now. There have been a couple of times I've had to ask for help. Well, that scabbard that I made, I had Jacob help me because at its longest, it was almost five feet long. Holy cow. And so I had Jacob hold the end of it because there was no way that I could make the corner hold up the entire weight of it and not run a needle through my finger all at the same time. <laughs> That's you like know, the only the, thing I could think. <laughs> oh, my of, gosh. Of well, that is. Happen. The, those needles. Are, and those machines are so, so tough. And that's all I was thinking when I saw that three-foot sewing machine was how heavy <laughs> yeah. that thing would be and the punch that it would pack. I cannot even imagine. Yeah. But yeah, if you I'm... can use something that massive. <laughs> yeah, I was crazy. why you even have a forward and reverse. I mean, it's obvious it has to be a two-person deal unless, like it's like you said, for the saddle pads, you just lay it on there, I guess, and then walk over and flip the reverse and do a couple yeah. of Yeah, walk over. over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was longer than your arms reach over to it. That's yeah. sure. I would think you'd want some sort of table set up if you were doing that, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Amanda, where do you get, uh, where do you source a lot of your, like, rivets and rhinestones? Because you got a lot of bling going on. Um, do you have a favorite place to get your bling? Um, I kind of from all over. It depends on exactly what it is. I a lot of my hardware is from Weaver Leather. Okay. I have a lot of different concho places and a lot of places to get a lot of other things from. Just um, whatever matches the project that you're working on. Yeah, I, I'd have to like sit down and look because there's so many places. I know that Standard Rivet has some of the spots that I use. And he has the um, the Rimset Crystals. And then um, Dreamtime Creations has a lot of the actual like stones for bling. And then you have... Oh, really? Okay. Yep. So, um, Swarsky Stones are apparently no longer a thing for us little people. So all the little crystal stores or whatever are making their own brand of crystals now. Oh, really? Because Swarsky will only sell to approved, like, big wholesalers, and they're not allowed to sell to us anymore. Oh. So it's kind oh. of a trying to figure that out, right? Yeah, I did not know that. I wonder why they start doing that. I guess they just want a lot of money all at once. Yeah, I don't know. I it's it's been a long time since I've looked at Sorsky Chris Swarsky crystals. Oh my gosh, my tongue's not gonna make that one happen today. So <laughs> Amanda, where else do you do the Facebook lives? Do you do any other trade shows or any other uh, or is the Facebook Live just such cake that that's, that's what has worked? Did we lose her? Amanda, so are you she... there? Oh, <laughs> I didn't do it this time. Yeah, well, what's funny is I heard, she said, I don't know what's going on. I can't hear anything. 
right when I thought I heard her. Are you guys there? Yeah. There she is. Yeah, we can hear you now. Can we? No. We could. (laughs) Like, right when I thought I heard her cut out, I heard uh, the wind kick up real hard. Oh, yeah. Like I said, the wind blows Wi-Fi and cell signal around like crazy out here. All right, she's back. Hello? Well, and apparently it kicked me off of listening to you guys. Oh. I pushed ignore, but it must have not liked what I had going on, apparently. Maybe Anchor just doesn't want anybody to leave the Anchor (laughs) app today whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah, it even came across, like, on a little bubble thing, and I pushed the red. Of course, I don't ever get a phone call any other time. No, of course not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is kind of how it was the uh, other day when I was working for Casey. Like, all week long, my phone was silent while, while I was here at the house working on my stuff. As soon as I go to Casey's to work, like, everybody's texting me, calling me. <laughs> like, where the hell were y'all all week when I was at home? <laughs> right? That's kind of how it goes. So, do you like... So, first of all, if you wouldn't mind sharing, like, what kind of laser engraver you have, and is it worth the cash? Do you use it enough to just love it? Um, In my opinion, I do not use it enough to love it, specify the price, but when it comes to doing, like, awards for the different organizations, like we were talking about earlier with the barrel racing or whatever, yeah. Awards at the end of the year. Well, they like to have their name, like their name, and say they were um, champion, reserve champion, or whatever. What I basically, I only use my laser for that now. I'll make like little patches, and then I sew those onto the head, some breast collars. Okay. That sort of thing. It's less time than hand tooling, and it makes another too because if I were to hand tool all that kind of stuff um, I'd have to charge a lot and clubs have a pretty strict budget Yeah. but I have a full spectrum just a little hobby laser so it's only like I think it says it's a 20 by 12 so there's a lot of things okay. I can't do with it but um, it's been I, I've old one that I got from a lady and that one was a nightmare um <laughs> And trying to get customer support for it is pretty, like, they have it, but you need hours for someone to get back to you or the next day or whatever. Which um, is no good for running a business. No, mm. no. Because it's like, when it goes down, you need the now, not tomorrow, and then they don't answer. But I've heard good things about Forges, but I know that they're a little bit more money. That's a wish list item right there. Yeah, yeah. those uh, <laughs> those start well into a couple grand from the last time I looked. Oh, well, maybe they're not as bad as I thought because my laser, I think it was like $5,000, 5500 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've had it for a few years, but it, it's worth it for me when it comes to having like a better price item. For when you do use it, it's worth it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But every time I have to use it, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this today. <laughs> <laughs> Does it at least work every time you try to use it? 
Sometimes. Um, <laughs> Sometimes. It's, it's one of those that are kind of finicky and you figure out a lot workarounds to make it work how you want but once it's running then you can it's pretty good the new one is pretty good it just you have to like when you get on and stuff you have to make sure that there's no bubbles in your um they they run off of this tube that's in the back of the the laser light shoots through that and bounces off all these mirrors and then down onto Ooh. your project to burn into the left so like if you Basically, if you bump it hard enough, you can throw it out of alignment, and then you, like, alignment is a huge ordeal. Oh, Yeah, it's one of those kind of machines. It's not like the clicker where you run over and you turn the on button, pull your arms over, and push it, and boom, you're done. It's definitely not like that. (laughs) <laughs> well and that's what, how the Glowforge sounds is just you kind of flip it on and and go and just do it yeah the, i yeah. should look into that like when my yeah. laser decides it's gonna be dead maybe Am i, I may be lying until then i may be lying about the price of the Glowforge. i just know that i went to price it and said uh nope yeah, and... I would be surprised if they were under five thousand. We can put it. That yeah, way. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and they even have like a big bad boy. That's yeah, they've got some some wild yeah. stuff. But from what I hear, they work phenomenal on leather. Well, I'm sure that like the people that buy the big lasers and they do cups and they do this or that or like their whole business is laser engraving stuff. Once you know what to do and you know how to fix your machine and you know how to run it and you know how to tweak and all of its little quirkiness then it's not really a big deal but i just don't get that much into it to know all of that because i put my time into doing the actual leather work versus that so what do you have any projects um upcoming that you're excited about or, or anything new in the pipeline um not really other than Working with the guy on the marketing deal. Yeah. It's yeah. probably close enough that I can probably tell you a little bit about it. But basically, we're just going to do a giveaway um, for a, a custom tax set. So someone will get a custom set for free. So I'm kind of excited now that we're past all the hard part of putting it together. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was really going, man, I, maybe I don't want to do this. Like, this is hard to follow this and do this. And get back to him another day you know when you were like i want to just do it all right now there was a lot more into it than i thought now that that part's done i'm like okay i'm ready for it to start and to start getting people sharing it and liking the page and then afterwards they're gonna have uh like basically i send you the email of your entered and whatever and then all over the winner will be announced by email and if you don't win, then you're going to get an offer. And apparently, he says that you should be ready. So, be ready for um, the onslaught of orders. Yeah. Well, you that's run, awesome. You run this yeah. offer for a week, but I'm like, okay, I'll trust you. So, I'm trying to like everything he says. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to spend the extra money for that. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> I'm going to do it exactly how he tells because I want to have the sale go really good at the end and it's just I I'm usually so busy that I don't have time to run a sale typically 
because then I'd get a lot of extra orders, but I can't even keep up as it is. I just end up not really doing a sale hardly ever, so people will like it. Just got to trust the process and trust the marketing guy. I'm trying my best. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really big deal for me, so... I've told him several times, I'm like, I hate this part of it. I hate this part of it. You just tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. Like, <laughs> And running the Facebook ads part of it, I'm like, just tell me what to do because I'm never doing this again. <laughs> oh, the Facebook ads are, are painful to try to figure out. Oh, or they can yeah. be. Like I said, I'm still, I, I've never been a social media person, so I'm still kind of just yeah. barely dipping my toes into all that, but... Yeah, I tried to do the uh, Facebook was like, hey, we're going to give you a $25 credit. Oh, yeah. Uh, Charge an <laughs> ad to boost a post. You just have to, you know, pay like an extra $5 and we'll give you 25 on top of that. And I was like, all right, screw it. And I tried it. And like after the first day, it was like, okay, you've uh, reached your $5 limit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, no, they're supposed to be credit and well the credit still shows but it wants you to put in the credit code oh but i couldn't find where the credit code was anywhere it's funny you bring that up because i know you asked me about that it wasn't even that long ago but we just got done going through the facebook stuff like this this week Mm. and he was kind of like it's so confusing and i still exactly get it a hundred percent but the boost post thing you about apparently isn't yeah. the way to go. You have to get into your like, it's called business suit, I think. Business suite, your, yeah. Yeah, business suite in there and create this campaign or whatever. And you can pick like your audience or whatever. Uh. So I didn't know that you could go in there and you can like say somehow he has it on there where he can target the people who have purchased items on the site. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or like anybody that's ever in the words, whatever keywords you put in. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you can make create custom audiences, even to like people that have, have never seen your page before. So well, that's good information. That's awesome. yeah, and I don't remember exactly how it works, but if you have your marketing person, yeah. All of that kind of stuff. I've learned a little bit. I just don't exactly how to ex- execute it, but it's interesting. <laughs> well, that is kind of the plight of small business these days is you almost mm-hmm. have to be an expert in your small business and an expert in marketing and an yes. expert in social media. And Yes, you definitely have to know what social media wants from you because once, once you don't do what they want, you can tell... <clears throat> There's like nobody commenting on anything and nobody yeah. sees your posts. And and as soon as you do figure it out, they change the algorithm and then you start all over again. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's fun. So it sounds like you have a pretty good, pretty good customer base, though, from the years that you've been in business. Yeah, I have a lot of like repeat customers that they don't really go anywhere else now. So that's been good. Yeah. That's that's the that's the hope is that we all develop really good repeat customers eventually. Yeah. Repeat repeat customers are the best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I uh, 
when you were talking earlier about, you know, taking some items off and even a few weeks ago when we were talking about not taking any more custom order. I was talking about not taking any custom order orders. I made no promises. (laughs) Well, well, like uh, Amanda was tell we were talking about, she was taking some stuff off of hers. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take stuff off too. And like stuff I didn't like to make. And Mm -hmm. it's been kind of like a little bit relieving. That's what I was like off your shoulders. As soon as I, done making the rest of I got one more purse to make tomorrow because some lady called me back about one we had discussed so I felt like I had to take her order as soon as I had the ones done that when we were talking about I instantly felt like oh I don't have to do that anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah and now like if I want to make a purse I'll make a at the live sale but I don't have to go and make a custom purse anymore so and belts for me were the worst thing I don't know why but I can't I have such a hard time with belts and I think because I can't get them 100% perfect like I can a tax set I'm just Mm. like I don't even like doing this (laughs) 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 like I don't like this anymore I didn't want to make it in the first place (laughs) like I've restarted belts I've restarted the same belt four or five times before because like either how I drew my pattern out or I cut it to tool it and like how the the swivel knife cuts turned out or the leather was being weird in a spot and I'm just I don't know something with belts I'm like every one at least have to restart it once. Well, and I find that the thin, straight lines of a belt are very unforgiving of mistakes. You know, if you've got a, a big piece or something with some flow and some different different items on it, you can kind of tuck away some some oopses here and there. But I feel like on belts, it, it all just stares at you. Yeah, and you get an inlay belt, and then the sewing gets weird, or like one stitch goes not where I want it, and I'm like... <laughs> Really? Uh, then I'm almost all <laughs> done with it. Uh. Oh, uh, yeah. A minute ago, I looked real quick, and Glowforge's, the 45 watt laser, or the 45 watt one, the most expensive one is $5,995. Well, that ain't because my, my full spectrum is a 40 watt, and that's like the smallest one. I believe hmm. one of the smaller ones, anyway. I know. Oh, well, that's not here. as bad as that's not terrible then. No, forty watt too. Like I barely have enough power to do my hardware and stuff on that. So, depending on what you want to do, you'd have to kind of look into what what wattage you need. You know. What is your other favorite piece of uh, machinery? Um, well, I have a, I, ha- I have a lot of machines and I like all of them because each one does its own job and it makes my job so much easier. Um, I really like, I just got a 10 ton clicker. I had the Ooh. Weaver eight ton before that, which really, it did a good job, but pulling the lever down back, like if you're doing any amount of stuff, it just... When you can pull that over and click it and you're done, it's so much easier. So, so does the 10-ton have the buttons? Yes. 
Oh, yes. Very nice. Yep. Very nice. So I just got that one, and I just got a Bell Skyver. So Ooh. anything I can get that makes my product look better, I'm just like, oh, I love this machine. And I have a lot of them that I really like. I think the laser is the only one. Well, my splitter. The laser and the splitter are the only ones I really have an issue with. Is the splitter finicky? or? Yeah, and it's an old one. Um, <laughs> it's like a... I think it's it's a Landis, if that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really old, but it's only like you can do like a four inch strip of something, but it like skews my leather. So instead of say you have a shape or a pattern or whatever you want to make thinner, I'd have to run that through there and then cut my pattern out because otherwise it stretches the leather, and it's just really picky. I don't know if newer ones are better. Okay, I see what you're saying. It it kind yeah. of distorts it. Right, right. So Ooh. if you had like a square patch, say, and you cut out your square and then you run it through there, it might be kind of a rectangle when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> kind of trapezoidal, you just never yeah. know. <laughs> Maybe oh, it no. looks like a triangle when it comes out. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, but other than that, I, I have a lot of machines and I have... um two different um, foot presses for doing... No, I have three. So I have one that I always leave my rivet thing on because I use that every day. And then I have one that I always have my crystal die on and one that I swap out for all my spots instead of having to um, put on and off different dies for every single thing I want to do. So I have those three. And is that... Instead of having to hammer everything, you have a press. Is that what you're talking about? For the rivets? Yeah. Yeah. I Basically, you put the rivet in the machine and you push, push down with your foot on the lever. And it sends the rivet down through your stuff. Oh, nice. Yep. And I just recently got different attachments. I also have a little wonder. I don't know if you know what those are. It's a little yes. hand setter kind of. So I bought the dies yeah. for snaps. Which they were really expensive, what they are. But uh, now that I've used the dies, I would have went back and bought that a long time ago. Because it seemed like every time my hand set snaps, basically for belts, you know. <laughs> yep, um, yep. <laughs> they would bend over or you'd snap them and they didn't fit together right because you didn't get it exactly straight down. And now that's not, like, I've not had a single snap since I've got the dies. It's kind of like and it's worth every having, every penny, I'm sure. Yes, having the right tool to do whatever job makes everything so much nicer and a better product, and it just makes your life easier. Man, I well, that shop. <laughs> that is there is not a truer statement in leathercraft at this point. I don't think. That's, yeah, yeah. Those and are I've, the goals. I've, all the fun tools. I've done a lot of like. I didn't buy this for myself or I didn't buy that for myself because I bought a machine instead to Ooh. be able to do my job better and to help me out in the shop. So the first, I'd say, five or six years, I put every single little penny I made back into doing what I do so that like now I can do more of what I want to do, but I have all my tools and everything. Right. Like one new machine every year. 
fun. That is a fantastic like way to go. Yeah. Yep. Goals, Every- man, goals. And now goals. I'm like, if I, if I find a machine that I don't have and it's something to make my job easier, I just get it. Like, I don't even think twice about it. So, it, it so just you makes... have a good, a good size shop then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. How, what size would you say it is? I guess it's like, me. I know it's 50 long, maybe 30 wide, something like that. 40 wide, somewhere Whoa. there. Yeah, it's... I, or 60 long, over, maybe? I, I was over there one time a while back ago, and I walked in, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> a tall ceiling. I mean, it. it's, it's um, a big shop. I had my tractor in there, too. Were there, didn't I? Um, I don't... I think it was in that the little side one side. Oh yeah, well for what when we first moved in, we didn't have everything put away yet, and the tractor was in there too, and I still had plenty of room. Um, I would I started out in my basement, and then I moved to my garage, and then after the garage, moved in Iowa to the house before this one. I had a like the basement, and it was bigger. Probably five hundred square foot, but everything you've seen in my shop here, other than the clicker press and the bell sky, I had in that little five hundred square foot area. <laughs> so, oh jeez, <laughs> like I had stuff packed on top of stuff, and if you wanted to do this, you had to put that away, and you had to be organized, or you would not know where anything is. It was crazy. So that, I feel like that's the hardest part of a home <laughs> shop is just not having enough surfaces. Yes, and now I have three big work tables where I can lay out a whole hide on my table and cut straps or whatever, and that table is only for that. So, like, in my old basement, I had to clear my tool off, take all my tools off, whatever project I was looking or working <laughs> on to do get my straps or whatever or to do my straps, and now I just have that table, and I can just take one off when I need it and roll it up, roll a different color out, and whatever I need to do and keep moving. Yep. Well, um, Amanda, thank you so much for joining us this evening on the podcast. Can you tell the listeners where they can find your pages and what you called? Oh, yeah, on Facebook, I am rocking a custom leather and tack. And then on Instagram, I am just rocking a custom leather. Rockin' A Custom Leather. Yep. And that's also my website is rockin'acustomleather.com. And are you currently taking customs? I am for TAC. <laughs> for TAC. For TAC. Yep. Hear me, for TAC. <laughs> yep. And sometimes I'll do a lot of, like, Instagram story posts of, like, something that's going to be in stock. I sell a lot off of those before I even have it made. So if someone sees something in the in the works that I say this is available, that kind of takes stuff off of there too. Oh heck yeah! Yeah, sounds like you got social media beat. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm on it. I try anyway. I may not know exactly what I'm doing, but I try to be. But it's on working. There. Yeah. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> yeah. Dustin, do you have a terrible dad joke for us? Yeah, of course. Um. First, but first. I mean, a really good one. Yeah, really good. <laughs> a really good one. A really good one. But first, thank you for coming on. Coming on, Amanda. 
Yeah. We appreciate um, it. It was fun. And it wasn't as hard as we thought, right? No, I was really nervous, and then it kind of turned into a lot easier than I thought. Right. Chatting with friends? <laughs> yeah. I, I have been describing the show when everybody, whenever somebody says, oh, man, I'm nervous, or I don't know if I'm going to have anything to say, I say, if we can get Tony Mullins to talk for an hour... We can make anybody talk for an hour. So. I think I heard her talk more on our podcast than I ever, ever have in person. Exactly. Yep. And, and like, uh, I don't know if you, I don't think you've met him, Amanda, but uh, we got another guy. He's in the guild, uh, Chuck Berry. Chuck okay. Berry. He keeps a boy. He's been doing leather for a very long time. And, keeps and he does boy. boots. Yeah. And he keeps avoiding coming on the show, but one of these days we're gonna get him on. We're gonna get him. <laughs> if I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> I'm usually go, very quiet and like and get to know somebody, so it was yeah. a lot easier than I thought. <laughs> well, we're so glad to have you. <laughs> Thank you. Right. It was fun. So instead of an actual joke, it's more of a uh, public service announcement. Okay. All right. So. <clears throat> Don't worry if Bigfoot ever eats your mail, okay? Your personal information is still going to be secure because it's encrypted. Encrypted? Because Bigfoot's encrypted, encrypted? Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, got that. (laughs) (laughs) That that was a ridiculous one. (laughs) Well... That's a good one. I know you love Sasquatch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but Bigfoot. Right. Is Sasquatch and Bigfoot the same thing? I think so. I think it is. Oh, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to close it out, Melissa? Bye. Bye. <laughs> I, I know. I was trying to think of if there was something else I was supposed to be doing. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Bye. 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 I said it once, say it again. How many times I've told you? I know this stuff because I'm from the great state of Oklahoma.